When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show. We got a question for you. Join the conversation, 651-641-1071. But first, before we give you the question, we have to go to the Nostalgia Zone. Feeling nostalgic? Highway to Nostalgia Zone. Gonna stick it right in your Nostalgia Zone. Yeah. Flashback. Uh, Holly, we're going back into the nostalgia zone today to ask a question of our listeners. What's that question? The question is simple, Bradley. Who is cuter, Gizmo or Baby Yoda? Gizmo or Baby Yoda? 651-641-1071. We're asking that question. Why are we asking this question? Uh, Bradley, there was a story that came out a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think that you and Colleen had the opportunity to have an in-depth conversation on it. Okay. It's concerning director Joe Dante. He did such films as Gremlins, Matinee. Uh, He is a a celebrated filmmaker in his own right, but he has some beef with Baby Yoda. And he was airing his grievances to the San Francisco. Beef about a non existent thing. But sure, go ahead. Tell me the beef. He told the San Francisco Chronicle, Joe Dante, director, that the character Baby Yoda was completely stolen from his Gremlins creation, Gizmo. You know, do we have any actual proof of that? Because I will say I hadn't even thought it because I'm, to be fair, I'm not like a, I'm not huge on the uh, Baby Yoda train. Uh-huh. But I hadn't even thought about that. But then when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, I to- they totally side by side. That's the same thing. It's just one has hair and one doesn't. Yeah, they're both cute, adorable little creatures who don't really speak much. Large eyes. Gizmo has fur. Baby Yoda does not. Now, Joe Dante told the San Francisco Chronicle, he said, I think the longevity of the, the Gremlins movie is really key to one character, and that would be Gizmo, who he said essentially is like a baby. And then he goes, which brings me, of course, to the subject of baby, baby Yoda, who is completely stolen and is just out and out copied shamelessly, I would think. Yeah, I do. Now that I look at it more and more, I'm like the nose, the mouth, the ears. Now, it's not, you know, like a facsimile. No. But uh, they both have three fingers. I mean, I don't know. I see. <laughs> yeah, but who is cuter, Bradley? That's what we're oh, asking. Six, five, I have an easy answer. But six, four, one, one, oh, we could go to Charles if you want to hear what Charles has to say. Absolutely. Charles, what say you? Who's cuter, Gremlin or uh, Yoda? Groku. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Yes, that's, that's his real name is Groku, yes. Oh, excuse me. I didn't know his real name, Charles. 
Way to go, Brad. <laughs> and how is the horse? The horse is with us. Okay, the so- horse is with us. So tell us why you think Baby Yoda is the cuter of the two. Well, it's a, it's a, it kind of gives you the whole origin of like where Yoda somewhat came from. Yeah, so you think the uh, just connection to Yoda makes him cuter? Yeah. All right. And of course, I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan myself, so that probably has a lot to do with it, don't you think, Charles? You love the Star yes, Wars. I'm very biased on that. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, we totally get it, Charles. Thanks so much for your opinion. Gizmo, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Gizmo or Baby Yoda? Holly, Charles says it's easy for him. Yeah, it's Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. 651-641-1071. If you want to weigh in on this Nostalgia Zone hot topic. Now, we did get some tweets. Panda oh, said, Baby Yoda, I've never been scared that Baby Yoda might turn on me if I get him wet or I feed him after midnight. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, th- I This is the thing, though. I think Gizmo is the cuter precisely because gizmo has you know the capability of evil yeah that's right because what panda was referencing are the rules of mogwise which is what gizmo is you can't get them wet you can't feed them after midnight and don't expose them to direct sunlight yeah much like me actually (laughs) so you're a gremlin i'm basically a gremlin which is probably why i think gizmo is the cuter of the two i mean also (laughs) just because maybe because of my age maybe because i grew up with the adorable gizmo but also maybe because Gizmo is just like furry and cute. Baby Yoda's like hairless and creepy. Yeah, and Gizmo voiced by Howie Mandel. I'm totally going to get hate mail. <laughs> We're asking your opinion, Bradley, and your opinion I know, is totally I know, but valid. I, I feel like I'm. that's my old man opinion. Everybody's going to be like, no, because we love the baby Yoda. Everybody <laughs> loves the baby Yoda. Let's go to Sam. Sam is on the line now. Sam, I don't know what you think, but you tell us what's cuter, Gizmo, or should I say who, Gizmo or baby Yoda? Hey, Sam. Hello. Who's cuter? Well, obviously Gizmo. I mean, with the fuzziness and everything. Oh, good. I like your answer. Sam, why do you think uh, just because uh, Gizmo's fuzzy and cute? Yeah, and I wanted to say that, uh, what's his name, Um, Yoda did come out before the Gremlins movie came out. So maybe the Gremlins were modeled after Yoda because it's kind of like a chicken in the egg thing. I like your brain, Sam. Thanks so much for calling and sharing your opinion. Now, that is one I hadn't thought of. Now, Baby Yoda hadn't come out before Gizmo, but to his point, Yoda did. And so with the ears and the thing. Yeah, because Yoda made his introduction in The Empire Strikes Back, which came out in 1980. Gremlins came out in 1984. So perhaps somebody needs to ask Joe Dante, brah. Were you influenced by Yoda (laughs) (laughs) when you made Gizmo and the Gremlins? that and he may not even realize it oh man that's why i just think there's a lot because well but also like yoda and then also that creepy thing that's friends with jabba or i think actually was probably prisoner of jabba the hut like the little creepy thing that just laughs maniacally <laughs> he was kind of yoda gizmo-esque yeah he, he had those ears yeah but he was very ugly dog like world's ugliest oh, dog I just, looking i mean it just tells you a lot about my uh inside like who i am really as a person because i just i always felt for that guy I mean, because he's stuck with, I mean, like, Jabba the Hutt could, like, eat him, feed him to the, you know, the monster thing. Sit on him. Yeah, sit on him. Like, so he kind of just had to make the best with what he had, right? I mean, Burp our, on him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all the little creature? Aren't we all the little creature, right? <laughs> Just doing the best Just that we can. Just trying to survive, man. I got this like slug lizard thing sitting next to me. Oh, my goodness. So anyway. Br- yeah. Bradley, you think in our cute off that Gizmo is cuter than Baby Yoda. Josh, I have to ask you who is cuter, Gizmo or Baby Yoda? For the simple fact that uh, Baby Yoda takes the cake because I've not seen Gremlins before. Yeah, yeah. 29-year-old me has not seen, you know, Goonies, Gremlins, any of those classic movies. Well, you've got homework, Josh. Yes, I do. All right, Holly, I have to ask you the very question. So you posed this question, who's cuter, Gizmo or Baby Yoda? Who do you think? And there's no right answer. There really is no right answer. It's really what speaks to you. Thank you, Bradley. (laughs) Gizmo. Okay, why do you think Gizmo's the cuter? Gizmo is furry. Yeah. He's cute. He yeah. has a cute little voice. He's also very in, um he's very clever in uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch. He turns himself into a Rambo like figure and takes down the Gremlins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well and also like he's able to recognize the evil in himself, but like he's able to separate himself from the evil and like see that even though like because you would think that the Gremlins really are like a manifestation of his own id. And so that might keep him from wanting to destroy them. But ultimately, he's like, no, I'm going to do this for my human friends because they really, you know, they've been so good to me. I just think there's some there's some real character there. We got deep, man. (laughs) We got real deep on the gremlins. (laughs) Uh, Josh, you just need to see gremlins. I need to see a lot of movies. Yeah, you do. We're going to make gonna a start list. Godfather. I could go on and on and on. Well, I haven't seen The Godfather. Okay, so both, yeah, of, both of you. Yeah. Thank goodness we have to go to break now. We do have to go to break. But when we come back from Gremlins and Baby Yoda to the Cobra Gang, we got to get the Cobra Gang back together. And this time, Holly's going to tell us what happened to the Batgirl movie. And we'll figure out more right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. It's Wednesday, August 3rd, about 17 minutes after the 1 o'clock hour. And we need to get the Cobra Gang together again. It's Look, whenever there's a pop culture mystery we need to solve, we get ourselves together and try to solve it. Let's do it. Whenever there's trouble, we're throwing a double. We're the Cobra Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're the Cobra Gang. Now... Holly, I believe you have called this meeting of the Cobra Gang together. What's going on, kid? Oh, Bradley, we have a mystery to solve. And that mystery this afternoon is, why the heck has Warner Brothers pulled Batgirl from release? Oh, yeah. Uh, Our good friend Alexis Thompson joined us uh, during the Dirt Alert and referenced the Batgirl movie getting pulled from release. What it, first of all, what does that even mean? Much less, why did it happen? Na 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 na. Batgirl. That's what Warner Brothers is saying. Na na to the release of Batgirl. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Batgirl. So Batgirl is a movie that was going to be released by Warner Brothers, part of the DC Cinematic Universe. Yep. They spent ninety million dollars and change on this movie, Brandley. Didn't we have we've we've had a Batgirl movie before, haven't we? We have not had a Batgirl movie, but Batgirl was in a Batman movie. Yes, Alicia Silverstone played Batgirl in the movie Batman and Robin back in the nineties. Didn't Halle Berry play Batgirl, or was she gonna? She played Catwoman. Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get my Catwoman and my Batgirls mixed up. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, All right. continue. So HBO, Warner Brothers specifically, made the announcement late yesterday afternoon. 
that they are scrapping Batgirl completely from its roster. Now, Bradley, that doesn't mean that they decided not to release Batgirl in theaters and they're going to put it on HBO Max or they're going to put it on video on demand. No, they are putting this thing in the vault and we are never going to see Batgirl. End of story. So the movie exists. It's done. It's pretty much done. They're in post-production. So... That's a big deal? Why would they do something like that? Yeah, well, that's what we're solving the mystery of today. Now, to give you a little context in bat, uh, of Bad Girl of this project, big-time stars in this. Not only was it going to star actress Leslie Grace, who was playing Batgirl, Latina actress playing a big superhero role, J.K. Simmons, Academy Award winner, was going to play Commissioner Gordon, Michael Keaton, back as Batman, and Brendan Fraser, on the comeback trail as the film's villain. Oh, God. I want to see this movie. Well, too bad. You're not seeing it. Why did they tell us anyway that this is not happening? Or who's telling us this isn't happening? How do we know this? Well, we know this because Warner Brothers made the announce- announcement yesterday afternoon. But <sighs> why? Oh, Bradley. Why? I'm sure there's a like, here's what we're saying. And then here's what's really going on. I need you to push a button. I'll push it for you. And that button would be a cash register, please. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The reason that Batgirl has been pulled from Warner Brothers roster is money, money, money. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Must be funny. (laughs) Yeah, well, 90 million dollars worth of a tax write-off, Bradley. That's why uh, Warner Brothers has decided to pull Batgirl. I don't understand this whole tax write-off business. Okay, so let's go inside the Hollywood kitchen. Okay. And let's kind of dig deep into what the heck is going on. You know, we've been in the middle of a pandemic for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So if you recall last year... Warner Brothers did a thing that other movie studios did where they had their big time theatrical releases, their big movies. They released them on the same day in the movie theaters and on HBO Max. Yeah, that rubbed some actors the wrong way because it cut from their bottom line. Exactly. Because they were supposed to like make a bunch of money when it hits the box office. But they weren't able to because the box office wasn't as big because people were sitting on their couch. But the studios were like, hi, do you want an industry with movies in it after the pandemic? Because we need to make money now. Yeah. Money now. Now, according to sources at Variety, Warner Brothers did that move. So did Disney and a bunch of other places. But Warner Brothers, they decided to pay generous bonuses as a make nice for that strategy. Okay. So that's okay. Then Bradley... There was a big media merger between Warner Brothers and Discovery. Yeah. Lots of money exchanging hands. Which, yeah, caused all sorts of commotion. Which caused all sorts of commotion in rearranging the kitchen. Now, Batgirl was a movie that was in production before the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Yeah. So now that merger is happening and they're taking a look at what they've got and they're like, hmm, how can we cut costs? How can we tighten the belt a little bit? Well, we got this Batgirl movie that's supposed to be coming out. Well, it's not really good, is what they're saying. They're saying that Batgirl isn't good enough for a standalone theatrical release. But it's not just bad enough where we're going to throw it to HBO Max. So we're just going to use it as a tax write-off. A little Hollywood accounting. But how does how does a tax write... I mean, I'm not expecting you to be a tax expert, but is it because they're just like, we're going to shelf this movie 
shelve this movie, put it on the shelf. Uh, and therefore we can like you can just do that. That seems a little bizarre. Well, according to sources at Variety, they can do Warner Brothers Discovery can use these films, the cost of these films, and use it in like, some oh, kind of... Oh, it didn't get released. We spent all this money. We can write off all the money we spent to put it... But that yeah. seems shady. Yeah. yeah, so the reason that we're not getting Bad Girl, sorry everybody, is that Warner Brothers, somebody in the accounting department is like, hmm, I think we can do a write-down on both of these films, and we can recoup the $90 million as best as we can by just sitting on Bad Girl and never releasing it in theaters or HBO Max. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame mostly because now like people know this movie exists. And they're just never going to get to see it. Yeah, and they're never going to get to see it. It's going to become... I wonder if they could release it after they get the write-off for it. That's an interesting question, Bradley, and I have no Because you know what that makes you. me think of this whole conversation? If you're just joining us, we're uh, getting the Cobra Gang together to figure out why they pulled Batgirl. And it seems like, well, money. Surprise! Yeah. Um, but also it sucks, uh, not just for us as the audience, but it sucks for everybody who put their... Uh, you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears into that movie, and also the actors who were probably hoping for some bonuses coming out of that box office. But, um, and you know, like I don't know, everybody who was involved in, uh, although some people who got their paychecks, regardless, are probably like, I don't care, I got paid. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this reminds me of the story of that that weird. I didn't know anything about this until I listened to that episode of the Town podcast that you turned me on to, where they talked about the whole director's cut of that was it a marvel movie the zack snyder the director's zack snyder cut. cut of justice league that which is also a warner brothers movie blew me away the shenanigans that he pulled to get that movie released the director's cut um and basically get another big fat check like double what he actually got paid for the original movie and it was all because he was able to assemble this like bot army on twitter and the internet and i'm I promise I'm not taking us off track that much. It's just to say what, like how the sausage is made is so bizarre and so incredible. And we have no idea all of the legal maneuvering and business maneuvering that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, by all means, Batgirl seems to be victim of the sausage factory that is Hollywood, meaning we're not going to be able to see it because there's a lot of machinations behind the scenes that have nothing to do with the story or the artistic integrity of the film and has everything to do with people's bottom lines. Yeah. Well, and not the people's bottom lines who like were in the film, yeah. just the bottom lines of the studio heads. Yeah. Surprise! Yeah. Everything old is new again. Hey, when we come back, oh look, more celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-Bags. Right here on My Talk 1071. Oh, celebrities, they're always behaving badly. At least enough uh, on a regular basis that we can create a whole segment around them here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Hi, I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Hey, have you downloaded our app recently? Uh, if you've never done that, you should do it because not only can you listen to your favorite shows and podcasts, they've got some great listener rewards. Can we talk about the celebrities behaving badly? Yeah. What do we call them? Douchebags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Douchebag. Should I say it? A douche? A bag? <laughs> Who is your D-bag, Holly? Oh, Bradley, my D-bag today is Pharma Bro Martin Screlly. Oh, God, that dude's still around. Is he in prison? Um, No, he's not in prison. And it's what he's doing 
outside of prison is the reason why he's my D-bag of the day. So What's he doing? Okay, so um, if you don't remember Martin Shkreli, now he was a former CEO of a pharmaceuticals company, and he was convicted of securities fraud. He also bought the single copy of the Wu-Tang Clan album Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Shaolin and mm-hmm. sat on that. Now the Justice Department sold that album as an NFT and collected $4 million to pay Shkreli's debts. Now, he's out of prison and he's looking for a date. And it's the way he's looking for a date, Bradley. Oh, God. <laughs> that is very, very debaggy. Oh, okay. All right. How's he trying to find a date? Um, He has made a Google Doc to find women no. who bleep on the first date. What? Ew, what? That's nasty. Yes. Now, he said, now that he's out of prison, he's free for dates starting on September 14th when his ankle monitor comes off. Now- Ew, gross. <laughs> what woman? Oh, sadly, uh, I know there are women, but whatever. But wait. There's more. Yeah, so all dates, according to Martin, will come with a standard gift bag. With a non-disclosure agreement attached. Now, oh my god! You have to if you go on a date with this guy. Not only do you have to put out on the first date, but you have to sign an NDA and you get a gift bag. Yeah, well, the gift bag, according to this form, includes jewelry, a handbag, or shoes. And well, if you're interested in dating Martin Screlly, you can go over to a Google document and get your date. Ew, that's real? <laughs> yes, and I'm on it right now. Oh, gross! <laughs> you put down Bradley. Your name, your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle, your age. Please tell me people aren't just, you know what they're doing. They're putting like their friends on here. That's dangerous. Yeah. Height, weight, your measurements. Should we put somebody on there? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. But can't you just see people doing that? Uh, Well, yes, because I'm literally looking at this Google document right now. I'm not opening that in my Google because I don't want that. I feel like there's some bugs in there, some viruses. Well, Well, I'm getting them for the team. (laughs) Now, Bradley, uh, the real uh, piece de resistance. Oh, so fancy. Not so fancy of this Google document where you can date the formerly incarcerated farmer bro. Is a tab, Bradley, that that says F.O. Excuse me. F D F O T F D. Now I would F O T F D. Oh, gross! Bleep <laughs> on the get, first date. I need to date. get the dump button ready. It yeah. is bleep on the first date, Bradley. Congratulations! Give yourself a ding. Now there is a tab on this document where you can indicate whether or not you're willing to bleep on the first date with this former so pharma bro. Isn't this just called prostitution? With a Google document. Because you're saying, I'm going to give you shoes, a handbag, or jewelry with an NDA, and you have to tell me if you're going to put out on the first... I I feel like trading sex for products, that's just like prostitution. Now, he's booked a date from his freedom date in September through almost every night until October. Gross. Save for Sundays, he's taking the day off. Gross. And an upcoming guys' night. And you can see these people on here? Well, there's yeah, there's Nate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of like Barb, you know, McCracken or something? Yeah. Now, Barb McCracken, some of the Barb McCrackens have chosen to keep their social media handles private because it will say on the spreadsheet it indicates private. Now, you won't be able to go on a date with Martin Screlly on guys' night because it involves, in all caps, being in Murray Hill, out of control, and I don't know if I should say the other word. 
So he's going on a, he has a bro night. Like once a week or something? Yeah, well, just one bro night. Oh. Once a week, he takes off Sundays. Oh, my God. Because one has so to vile. rest. This is so vile. Why does anybody want to go on a date with this dude? I don't know, Bradley. I really don't know, and it's gross. And now you have me paranoid because I did click over on the document. <laughs> no, it's fine. And now, fine. <laughs> now I need to change Holly my and password. I are both very highly paranoid humans. Very. And like frequently, we'll just get up in the middle of the night and go, Oh, my God, I have to erase that from my Google Drive. Somebody's watching. I don't want them to see my poetry. The struggle is real. It's real. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. I okay. promise. Well, you know what? You've been given the information. Go forth and seek a date, if you will. And if you do, hey, give us the hot goss, okay? Tell them the Colleen and Bradley show sent you. Oh, my God. This is so weird. Why would anybody do that? What is the benefit for anyone? There is no benefit. I mean, <clears throat> literally negative benefit okay. to participating in that. Now, Bradley. Yes, ma'am. Who's your D-bag? Jeff Bezos. Yay! Now, look, I love Amazon, and I am ashamed not to admit it, um, but I just did. So, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm the biggest fan of the, you know, guy who created Amazon, Jeff Bezos. I saw the story of it the New York Post, and really, I was just fascinated by, I, I'm fascinated by rich people and their toys. And by toys, I mean generally yachts. Not their yo-yos. Not their yo-yos. Although I would watch a documentary about celebrity yo-yos. But in the meantime, I want to tell you about Jeff Bezos' unfinished yacht, which had basically a bunch of Dutch people up in arms. And literally their arms were about to throw eggs at his 417-foot super yacht. So here's the thing. You're like, I don't understand what any of this means. But Jeff Bezos has an unfinished mega yacht, which, by the way, is going by the name Y721. And don't worry, when it's on the water, I'll be following it, just like I follow all the other celebrity (laughs) yachts on marinetraffic.com, which is now my new hobby, in addition to Celebrity Jets, at Celeb Jets on Twitter. Okay, so his unfinished mega yacht was being towed away from a Dutch shipyard. Well, the problem is, and the reason everybody was up in arms about it is because, and they literally said this was weeks after the residents of Rotterdam threatened to pelt his luxury vessel with eggs if the city went through with its plans to accommodate his big-ass yacht. uh, The city of Rotterdam was going to dismantle a bridge in the city to allow his mega yacht to be transported from the shipyard to... Uh, another yard just 24 miles away. Well, that's rude. I know. So apparently um, they were like, you better not do that. Or I don't know, whatever the Dutch equivalent is. At the very least, they would say nay. Nay. Sounds like English backward. Dutch always does. Yeah, I, I, I called it last week on Laura and Julie. I called it the Rotterdam Yacht Rescue. Oh, look at you. Rotterdam Yacht Rescue. That sounds far more fancy. Nay. Nay. <laughs> uh, but they didn't throw the eggs because they did it under the cover of darkness. Mm. In fact, um, they literally transported this ship so fast in the dark of night because they were concerned that the good people of Rotterdam were going to pelt eggs his way. Um, in fact, this guy who uh, is apparently a Dutch yacht enthusiast named Hanko Bol. Yeah. Hanko was like, we never saw a transport going that fast. It took less than three hours for the ship to travel southward along the canal, even though it normally takes twice as much time to traverse that route. Um, he says they did this, of course, because they wanted to keep it under wraps, given the, quote, considerable publicity this story has generated. Yeah. 
People were getting cranky that their town was going to be destroyed because yeah. of Jeff Bezos's big old toy. <sighs> Which, you know, frankly, here's the thing. If Jeff Bezos invited me on the super yacht, I would go. If he let me stay on the super yacht, I would stay there. Same. I would judge it. And I would say, what a fruitless waste of resources. I would be scared to stay on the boat if Jeff Bezos was on it at the same time. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> because Jeff Bezos has undergone a super villain-esque transformation. And I just, I just would be scared. I like you, Bradley. I have but an I'm... Amazon Prime account. Yeah. Admittedly. Yeah. Well, that's why he's a supervillain. Yeah. Because of your Amazon Prime account. Meaning right. we all are responsible for Jeff Bezos. Like we made it happen. And his It was our our greed, our lust for next day shipping. Same day. <laughs> nay. Same day shipping. We're nay. all we're all getting eggs thrown on us. Yes, we are we are the we are the four hundred and fifty one foot mega yacht. Because we built that damn thing. We built this mega yacht from uh, our greed. It's true. Uh. But, but my point is, like, I would be all about... I don't, I don't, I don't think I would fear uh, him. I, in fact, I would want to, like, observe him. I would want to go. I would want to watch. I would probably be rolling my eyes constantly. Because, you know, the whole... It, it became clear to me that... How do I say this? Like, do you remember when he sent William Shatner in space? Yes, on the Swedish ship. The Swedish. It was a big giant Swedish. <laughs> well, you know, a Swedish. What's a Swedish? The rocket ship that looks no, like. No, it looks like a penis, but a Swedish? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The Schwans. Yes. Yeah, okay. I was like, is that a combo I'm not familiar with? <laughs> the Swedish penis? Um, okay. These billionaires and their phallic yeah. symbols. So when symbols. he sent William Shatner, when Jeff Bezos sent William Shatner to space. Yes. And I watched that whole thing happen and I thought, this, like, I know it's weird. I know it's dumb. And everybody's like, it looks like a penis, whatever. I'm just, like, fascinated because I want to be William Shatner going into space. Like, I just think that's cool. Respect. Right? So then it comes back down and they get William Shatner out and everybody's around and Jeff Bezos the way he came across as a human being, just I was like, oh, okay, oh, honey. So he's just a dude that made a lot of money, and he's got a lot of people around him who make him think he's more than just a dude who made a lot of money selling books. Oh, Jeff. I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm not saying he didn't do things. I'm not saying he's not successful. But you just got the impression from the way he was walking around and like peacock uh strutting you know around william shatner that this dude like he's maybe drunk a little bit of his own cool oh yeah you mean it's like oh jeff bezos honey you look fantastic in your spacesuit and cowboy hat yeah keep doing that yeah i still want to go on a ship though well yeah i get it so jeff if you're listening hi honey i'd be happy to um, i mean i'd even work on it just for like a weekend or something like i'll serve people can you imagine the stories you would come away with? Oh, oh sign me up. Well, let's hope you don't have to sign an NDA like you have to when you go on a date with the farmer, bro. Yeah, well, um, I'm not putting out on the first date. Not with that <laughs> dude. Um, all right. When we come back, we have to uh, revisit something. I think we actually talked about it yesterday. A new movie in the works. And Holly's going to ask us whether it deserves a reboot or a getting of the boot. We'll decide when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Josh. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. And, uh, you know, 
we have to decide whether or not we are going to bring something back or not. And Holly, I think you actually have a couple things you would like to determine whether we should reboot or get the boot. Reboot or get the boot. What's on offer, Hal? Oh, Bradley. So we talked about these two projects yesterday briefly in a Dirt Alert update. But we need to decide whether these two movie projects need to get a reboot treatment or they are getting the boot. First on the docket is the beloved 1988 comedy film Working Girl. Oh, yeah. We heard about this this week. This uh, reboot with uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah. Selena Gomez is producing... In tandem with Disney and Hulu, a reboot of the movie Working Girl. Now, that movie starred Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, and Joan Cusack. Iconic. Iconic 80s movie. Yes. Now, if you don't know that movie, it revolves around an ambitious secretary played by Melanie Griffith with big mall hair and a Long Island accent for days who takes on her boss's identity while the latter is laid up with a broken leg. And hilarity and women's rights ensue. Yes. Now that and movie. Steno pool goes wild. <laughs> yes. That movie was a hit. It made $100 just, million. Dollars. I want to go back. Wow. $100 million. I didn't know that. I, I want to just go back and uh, watch that movie again because I want to watch the difference. Appreciate the difference in technology from 19. What did you say? 1980. 1988. Oh, yeah. They're working on DOS computers. Did they even have DOS computers? Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So computers were around, but they were. I, I mean, I know we had computers. I'm just <laughs> saying. A lot of times when you go back and watch movies in the 80s, you're just like, there's so much paper. Exactly. How did things get done? I have no idea. But uh, Selena Gomez is hot over at the Hulu with a show that you love, Bradley, Only Murders in the Building. It's a great one. Although I will say last night's episode left me a little. It was not my favorite, but. Oh, my partner hated it. But then he found out that that episode was called like a um, filler episode. I didn't know that was a thing. It's apparently a thing. Anyway, uh, different story. So Selena Gomez has convinced Hulu and Disney to do this working girl reboot. Now, this is a. We don't know what kind of project this is going to be. I was going to say, we don't know if this is going to be a TV. Well, uh, presumably it would be a, a series. It could be a series. Uh, Hulu does have original movies that they release. Uh, on their streaming service. So it could be any number of things. Okay. Selena Gomez is an executive producer of Only Murders yeah. in the Building. So not only does she star, star in that, but she also produces it. Yeah, but, well, and I'm sure they said to her, like, okay, what else do you want to do? Yeah. You know, you're you're hot with this whole Only Murders in the Building. What else can we do? Well, do you think, now, Bradley, we have to ask the question. Reboot or get the boot. Reboot or get the boot. Do you think that the story of Working Girl would resonate in the 2020s as it did in the late 1980s? I guess it depends on the premise, because, like, as the premise from the original movie is laid out, I, I don't know that we, I mean, we've heard that story before. We've seen it, and it was probably more appropriate to the 1980s in terms of women in the workforce. But I imagine that. There is a version of that story you could tell through the 2022-2023 lens. Right. The very core of it where an ambitious person takes on the identity of their boss to move ahead in the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet there would be appropriate contemporary twists. Yeah. So I'm here for it. Okay. Based on the work that she's done on Only Murders in the Building, I'm here for it. All right. Well, working girl. What about you? Reboot. I agree with you, Bradley. All right. I think that there's enough with the working girl story that you can take its element, you can take the skeleton, 
and then put the muscles of contemporary subjects around it. Also, I think, I you know, while we remember that film, certainly a lot of people probably do. There are a lot of people who probably don't have a cultural memory of that film, so they would be open to the premise in the first place. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Glad we settled that. All right. What else? You said we had two things. Next, what was the other thing? On the agenda, Bradley, would be another reboot of a late 80s classic film. Goonies? No. Surprisingly, oh. that movie. Why did? Why has nobody ever tried to bring that thing back? They've tried, Bradley. Like legit tried? I think that that project, the reboot of the Goonies, has been in some sort of development heck over in Hollywood for quite some time. Oh, it's such a delightful, just do it. <laughs> well, while Hollywood anyway. tries to do the Goonies, they are definitely remaking Roadhouse, the 1989 movie starring Patrick Swayze. Okay, I didn't see Roadhouse. Remind, I have a vague recollection of this film. Okay, so in the 1989 version of Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze plays a guy named James, who's a Zen bouncer hired to clean up a rowdy Missouri bar. Okay. And he quickly runs up against the corrupt businessman who controls the small town. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. And starring in the Patrick Swayze role is Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. We did talk about this yesterday. Yeah, in the reboot. Now, this is a go. So whether or not we like it. It's happening. It's happening. Amazon's Prime Video will be releasing the reboot in the near future. I mean, I guess I'm here for it. It's kind of that like dark Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, I'm sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I'm not running towards that. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, you know, this one with Roadhouse, I could take it or I could leave it. Yeah. The original producer of Roadhouse is back on board, Joel Silver, and he says of the original Roadhouse, it has a special place in my heart. And I'm so excited to bring this newly imagined version to audiences Gross. around That's the world. This PR. That's, yeah. They wrote me a check that I was comfortable cashing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but again, I don't. You know what's interesting about the two things that you've suggested: reboot or get the boot. I'm not a shockingly opposed to either of these. When typically I'm like, do we really need another one of these? Mostly because I just feel like, you know, it's I don't know I, for whatever reason it does not seem like these two stories are so iconic in and of themselves. I mean, Working Girl to some extent, sure, but not so much so that you can't picture other people in the role that's usually what would preempt me or prompt me to say no thanks like if i just don't want to see somebody else in the role yeah that they you know put on screen however many years ago exactly totally agree with you bradley my stance on reboots has definitely softened over the past couple of years well, mostly because it's just been you know we've been beaten over the head with them we yeah. have like beaten into submission like okay fine <laughs> you're gonna like this version of this movie yeah you're not gonna do anything about it but also i think to a point that you made earlier bradley it's that we're far enough removed from working girl the movie came out in 1988 where there's a whole generation of folks who are not familiar with the story and there's enough elements of the story that could connect perhaps with people who are familiar with the movie like us and then there's a whole bunch of there are people who don't Give a crap yeah. about the 80s working girl. It will never resonate with them. They don't give two hoots about it. But there's enough of a story there where perhaps a whole new generation of folks will actually really like this. Yeah, and it could resonate with them. They don't have any preconceived notions of what it should be or like, how dare they change her hair? You can't not have Melanie Griffith's hair in that 
yeah, no, I don't yeah. think you'll have any of that with this. And then certainly Roadhouse, I think even less so. Yeah. Would I, you have opposition? Yeah. But it is interesting, is it not? Like, I, I, I really would just love, and we don't have time to go deep, but um, to just consider the economics of doing a reboot versus like somebody's original idea, like for Roadhouse, for example, because think about all of the, you know, money you would have to spend to make this happen versus an, an original idea, but they must be banking that the original or the remake is going to be more profitable in the end than an original idea. It could very well be. All right. When we come back, ooh, God, I love to talk about food. And the thing I love to talk about even more, state fair food. And there have been two new state fair foods announced. We'll talk about them when we return right here on My Talk 107.1.